The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to the Blonde Files podcast. I'm your host, Ariel Laurie, and I'm here to talk all things wellness. From how to achieve optimal health and well-being to the best beauty tips and everything in between, no topic is off limits. I know there's so much information out there, so I'm bringing on expert guests and sharing my own experiences to help you sift through all the wellness stuff without the BS. Enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show and happy new year. I hope you all had an amazing holiday and new year's and you are feeling rested, rejuvenated and energized for the year to come. I know I am feeling that way. I'm really excited about some things that we have in works for the show. So keep an eye out for what we are cooking for 2024. And I could not think of a better way to kick off the new year than with this episode. It is truly one of my absolute favorites that I've ever recorded in almost five years. And even if you are not interested in aesthetics or surgery, you are going to love this episode. So I'm talking to Dr. Anthony Yoon. He is known as America's holistic plastic surgeon. And if you're thinking, how can a plastic surgeon be holistic? You will find out in this episode. In fact, his entire philosophy is really interesting. So he shares really candidly in this episode about how he had a patient die. It was no fault of his own, but it really changed his perspective. And his goal became keeping people out of the operating room. So that's what we are talking about today. And we are talking about his new book called The Age Fix, A Leading Plastic Surgeon Reveals How to Really Look 10 Years Younger, which is the holy grail. When I read this book, because I got an advanced copy before we recorded this episode, all I could think about was how he was answering so many questions that you guys ask me in Q&As. So from specific supplements to foods to what lasers to use, when, everything that you could possibly want to know about aging, anti-aging, supporting your aging, beauty, lasers, non-invasive procedures. This book has it all. It's such an easy read. This is going to be your beauty Bible. Okay. So it's a comprehensive holistic guide that virtually anybody can follow to look 10 years younger without going under the knife. Dr. Yoon truly is considered one of the nation's best known experts in looking younger with or without surgery. His motto is true beauty is holistic. And he believes that all people can achieve their true beauty using a combination of holistic factors, which do not necessarily involve surgery. So I know you guys are going to love this. He is such a fun person to talk to, to listen to. He's so charismatic. And I just really appreciated his candor and his vulnerability because not a lot of plastic surgeons would come on a big podcast and talk about having a patient die. You know, I think that really takes a lot of humility, which really speaks to his character. And you guys know I could talk about beauty stuff all day. So it's a really fun, energetic, but really informative conversation. So please enjoy Dr. Anthony Yoon. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Ariel. I'm excited to have you here. I feel like I've been watching your content on social media for so long, and I really appreciate your unique approach and perspective to beauty and aging and all of the content that you share. And of course, you have your new book coming out, which I got an advanced copy of. And this is like the holy grail beauty handbook, I would say. Oh, thank you. (laughs) I was reading it the last few days and... I just feel like it answers all of the questions that I always get from my audience. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I'm not a doctor, but when I do beauty Q&As or just general podcast Q&As, everybody wants to know really specific, like nitty gritty about how to do certain things for beauty, anti-aging, what lasers to do when, what Mm -hmm. treatments to do when, what food, what supplements, all of that. And your book really breaks it down. Thank you. Yeah, I kind of I looked at it, you know, I've got friends of mine who are alternative medicine experts. I have friends of mine who are dermatologists and plastic surgeons and I guess the way I look at it is if you ask like a holistic medicine expert, like how do you get beautiful, healthy skin? They'll tell you, heal your gut. Mm-hmm. And if you ask a dermatologist, they'll say, apply sunscreen and use retinoids. And a plastic surgeon will go, oh, use some Botox and get a facelift. Mm-hmm. And I think really in the end, what I want to do is to create 
And to give really what I try to share on social media and stuff is a complete, a really like an integrative approach to turning back the clock. And, and the idea is to combine inside outside called the process of uh, autojuvenation. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited about it. Thank you. I want to talk about autojuvenation, but you shared an anecdote in your book about a patient of yours who you performed a facelift on mm-hmm. and had a devastating consequence. Yeah. And how that kind of changed your perspective on surgery and anti-aging and beauty and all of that. I was wondering if you could tell the audience a little bit about that because I just thought it was so refreshing. You shared a few anecdotes, another one about, I think, a patient that had a vascular occlusion or something. Mm -hmm. And you just don't hear doctors ever talk about this because there is this kind of aura of infallibility, I think. So, um, and I was wondering if you could tell us about that. So, you know, when I, I went through traditional four years of medical school, I have an MD. I went through three years of general surgery residency. I went through two years of plastic surgery residency. And I did a fellowship here in Beverly Hills with a big name plastic surgeon. And I was always taught what we are taught in medical school and residency to cut is to cure, or the only way to heal is with cold steel. (laughs) And when we train in residency, there are certain operations that we consider to be kind of like the gold standard, like cream of the crop. If you're so lucky to do that operation, then that shows that you have made it. And in plastic surgery, that operation is a facelift. So for many years in practice, I gauged how successful I was. And in some ways, my own I guess, pride in how many facelifts I had on the schedule. And after my second book came out, The Age Fix, I thought that I hit the pinnacle of my success. I was booked a year, year and a half out. I had people flying from all across the country to see me to have plastic surgery. And a lot of them were facelifts. And I had this patient who came to see me. Um, She was in her 60s, very sweet gal, appeared to be very healthy. We did all the different testing and everything that needed to be done prior to her operation. Then I performed a facelift on her and she had a devastating complication, absolutely devastating. And I'll tell you right now, I haven't shared this many places, but I did the operation on a Thursday. I saw her Friday morning uh, at the hospital, which at that time I was keeping my patients overnight. And then I went um, home for the weekend and stuff. And when I came back to my office Monday morning, I had a message from her daughter. And the question was, why did my mom die? she died over the weekend. I didn't know anything about it until I came Mm. in that day. And it devastated me for months. And I, at at one point I thought about just quitting medicine altogether. I started wondering, did I go into the wrong field? What kind of doctor am I that I allowed this to happen? So I went over everything with her. We actually got her cleared by a cardiologist we, she had a stress test done. I looked at all of her meds. I looked at if there's anything I could have done. Like, was there a medication, like air done was something, nothing. There was hmm. nothing that I could have done to prevent this. She ended up having a massive heart attack is what hmm. the autopsy showed. Hmm. And the stress test, none of that showed it. And the only way I could have prevented this from happening is just not operated on her. Right. And you never would have known because she was cleared. No, everything was cleared. And mm-hmm. I did all my homework. We did it safe. And the surgery went perfectly. Hmm. And so... It, it sent me in a tailspin and I considered quitting medicine altogether. I thought that, you know, I'm a failure because this happened to my patient under my care. And what it really, in the end, as I came out of honestly months of depression and grief, I came out and I finally realized that everything I was taught to, in being a surgeon was wrong and that the goal of surgery should not be to bring patients to the operating room. The goal should be the opposite. How do hmm. I keep people out of the operating room? And so at that point, it started me on a journey to really studying all these different preventative treatments. So I started studying works from alternative health practitioners, people who are talking about the gut and the microbiome, and and then even dermatologists. And I started going into a complete other direction, and that's what started this whole process of autojuvenation. And so really what I did then is I said, look, if I'm going to do do right for my patients, I need to figure out how to get them to be happy with their appearance without bringing them to surgery. And so it comes down to really technically five things, but four main things, what to eat, when to eat, what supplements to take, what to put on your skin, and optional are non-invasive treatments. And I do strongly believe that combining those types of things, you can, you know, the vast majority of people can turn back the clock, they can feel and look amazing 
without going under the knife. And mm-hmm. you can see, you know, us just talking here, mm-hmm. how I get emotional with what happened because yeah. it was just so absolutely devastating. It still is to me. Yeah. No, I can sense that when you talk about it. And thank you for sharing that because I think probably most people in your position would not share that. But that's unfortunately a reality. I think it's a, a very low risk of getting a procedure done, but it is still a risk yeah. and it is an elective surgery and you don't know how somebody is going to react, whether you're the doctor or the patient. Yeah. And that's the thing is that, you know, that the problem is that when people come to see me and they say, hey, Dr. Yoon, if I have this operation, I still, I do surgery two to three days a week. And they say, if, if I were to have surgery with you, what's the worst thing that can happen? And I mm-hmm. have to be honest with them. And mm-hmm. I say, look, you can die. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's very unlikely. And if you look at studies, it's literally one in 50,000 chance of you dying. Mm-hmm. And I tell them, you know, you can die on your way. <laughs> you can get a car accident on your way to this office. You know, you could get hit by a bus as you're crossing mm-hmm. the street. And I'll do everything possible in my ability to prevent anything like that from happening. But as you can tell, you know, as you know, like I don't, I'm not God. I cannot Great. 100% predict that. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously some procedures are higher risk than others. You hear more about people dying as a result of something like a BBL, mm-hmm. um, liposuction, those kinds of things. But yeah, you kind of have to measure the risk reward when you're the patient. Exactly. And so yeah. now for me, the way I look at it is plastic surgery should be used as a last resort. Mm-hmm. And yes, there are certain conditions where you just need surgery. You know, mm-hmm. if you've had three kids, you've got skin hanging from your tummy. I'm sorry, but I can tell you what great foods there are. I could put you on great supplements. We can do laser treatments, but none of that's going to make that skin go away. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I still do surgery. But once again, the goal is to do it as safely as possible and to make sure that, hey, if we can get people happy without it, then that's what we do. And and that's what I'm trying to spread the word on. Mm-hmm. It is officially winter. And I don't know about you guys, but for me, that means travel. I need to travel to make the winter months pass more quickly. And whether you are going somewhere cold where you have to pack a lot of bulky items, or if you're going somewhere warm, base has you covered. So we've all been there trying to fit everything we think we might need for a trip only to end up with a suitcase bursting at the seams. This is my MO. But with base, there is room for everything. So whether you're going somewhere warm and you have 15 bikinis, or if you are deciding between many pairs of shoes, you can bring them all with Base. Base was created by actress and model Shay Mitchell to make sleek and affordable bags, luggage, and accessories designed to help you travel effortlessly while still looking amazing. And they have thought of everything you could ever want in a piece of luggage. I used to be the worst packer until I got base because they've really thought of everything and they make organization just so easy. So base luggage has 360 degree gliding wheels. It has a cushioned handle, a built-in weight indicator. This is huge. They have washable bags for your dirty clothes. They have all the interior pockets you need to keep you organized. And their luggage comes in multiple sizes and colors. It's all so aesthetically pleasing. And for shorter trips, the Weekender bag is super functional and even has a place to store your shoes separately. This is my go-to when I am in New York and I take the train to go see my family in Rhode Island. It's the perfect size. And I love that you can separate your shoes. Nobody wants to be putting those dirty city shoes in the same compartment as fresh, clean clothes. Also, every piece is made to look better with miles, so you don't have to worry about it in cargo or overhead, and Base has over 30,000 five-star reviews. So whether you're packing for a quick trip or looking to breeze through the security line, Base has your personal items covered. Right now, Base is offering my listeners 15% off your first purchase by visiting basetravel.com slash blonde. Go to basetravel.com slash blonde for 15% off your first purchase. That's B-E-I-S travel.com slash blonde. You guys know that I have been sober for a long time, coming up on a decade, and I know that a lot of my audience is maybe not necessarily sober, but trying to find ways to reduce their alcohol intake. And with Heineken Zero Zero, 
it is easy. So Heineken Zero Zero is an alcohol-free option to the original Heineken you love. It has 100% of the taste, but 0.0% alcohol. So that means it's perfect for all the times where you would like a beer, but you can't have the alcohol. Or I know a lot of people don't want to drink, but they feel uncomfortable in social situations having to tell people why they're not drinking. So this is a great solution. So Maybe you have a working lunch and then you have afternoon presentations. Well, now you can have a beer without having to worry about being a little tipsy when you get back to work. Or maybe you are giving up alcohol for a dry January, but you don't want to give up drinking and being social. Now you can. Hey, even post-workout drinks, if you're going for brunch or something, now you can do that too. Or if you're going out on a Friday night and you have an early morning class or run, now you can drink without worrying about being hungover. So again, Heineken Zero Zero has 100% of the taste, 0.0% alcohol. It only has 69 calories. So click the link in the show notes to buy now. You must be 21 plus to purchase. Please enjoy Heineken responsibly. I feel like I've had a shift in perspective, even in my own approach. And you know, and everybody listening knows I've been very open about the things yeah. that I've done. And I've had, you know, surgeries and tweaks throughout the years, the past 10-ish yeah. years. But now I feel like I've come to a place where I do understand on a different level that it is more about how you're treating your body, how you're nourishing your body. Skincare is such a huge thing. Mm -hmm. And even though I have had procedures, I do feel like you know, you can work on the canvas and if you're not taking care of the canvas, it doesn't matter what kind of surgery exactly. you do. If you're laying out in the sun and smoking cigarettes and sleeping two hours a night, which I did, by the way, <laughs> and when you're in your 20s, sober, yeah. you can bounce back from yeah. that. Yes. yes. And thank God for lasers and everything. Right. And we'll get into all of that. But, you know, if you're not treating your body and your skin and and all of that, well, it doesn't matter if you get a facelift or a brow lift yeah. or a neck lift, whatever you do, like you're still going to have that show up. Yeah, and the way your... I describe it, it's like you're building a house mm. and a facelift, you know, actual surgery is like the spire on the top of your house. Mm -hmm. And what really makes up the foundation of the house is what you eat. And that's where for me, when you look at true anti-aging, when you look at looking in and feeling youthful, it starts with the food that you put in your mouth and then it goes from there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about food. In your book, you talk about the importance of protein, which I was like, yes, this is my new thing. I invented protein, if you didn't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Discovered the macronutrient. Yes, Just, yeah. yes. But then you also talk about fasting. So limiting protein at certain times and carbohydrates, things like that, and then also incorporating them into your diet. So tell us about kind of the ideal nutrition and the timing and all of that. So yeah, when I look at skin and we look at skin aging, part of it is looking at what are the causes of skin aging. And so really when you look at the causes of skin aging, I would argue that there are really four main causes that I look at. There's a fifth one that I won't mention necessarily go into too much, but in general, four things I would look at. The first thing is collagen depletion. So we lose about 1% of the collagen of our uh, thickness of our skin every year. And the collagen is a part of the skin that makes it nice and tight and mm -hmm. thick. Uh, you lose 1% a year. At women after menopause lose about 2% of the thickness of collagen. I was going to say, I feel year. like I'm losing 10% a year in the last two years. <laughs> uh, once so you I'm go sliding through menopause, into my 40s. That's when it really changes. <laughs> so, you know, part of pushing protein is that collagen is a protein. It's mm -hmm. a large protein. And so we do, I do encourage people to increase their protein intake, uh, especially as they get older, because you want to help to support that healthy collagen. Second thing that causes aging of our skin is inflammation, specifically chronic inflammation. And what causes chronic inflammation? Really the big culprit is sugar. So sugar causes chronic inflammation by deforming the collagen of our skin. It can actually bond to the collagen, causing it to become deformed. And sugar causes chronic inflammation by insulin spikes. And that's a whole other topic with uh, insulin resistance and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So the main culprit of inflammation I would look at in general is sugar. Mm -hmm. A third cause of aging of the skin is oxidation or free radicals. And a lot of people may not have heard the term free radicals, but they've heard the term antioxidants. And antioxidants basically neutralize free radicals. Free radicals essentially are chock full in ultra processed foods. And so eating less processed foods, real foods, is a way to reduce your free radical intake. And then mm -hmm. also pushing antioxidant rich foods like 
basically the rainbow of fruits and vegetables that fights that oxidation. And then the fourth thing that causes aging of the skin is a buildup of cellular waste. And this is a little bit of a different topic, but essentially it's our body's own regenerative and recycling abilities that essentially are turned off when we're constantly eating. And so that's one reason why if you talk to longevity scientists, they'll tell you, hey, you know, take breaks from eating, intermittent fast, mm -hmm. do things like that, because that can help with the aging process by allowing your body to kind of recycle the waste products that it can't do that while you're constantly eating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it seems like there's kind of two camps of people. There are the people who say eat three meals and two snacks a day, eat every four to six hours. And then there are the people who <laughs> promote, you know, fasting or kind of food windows. And I guess you could do both. You could have days where you fast or you could intermittent fast and, and then eat every mm -hmm. few hours. But what is kind of the ideal breakdown or does it just depend on the person? I think in some ways it does depend on the person. You know, one thing is if you end up, let's say, so I'm not necessarily one who intermittent fasts every day. Mm -hmm. I know there are some of my friends who do. I think that's tough because it's a, you, you do miss a lot of meals. And yeah. you know, somebody say, oh, you want to lose weight, intermittent fast. You only have two meals a day. Mm. The way I look at intermittent fasting from a holistic plastic surgeon standpoint is we want to we want to promote the process of autophagy. Mm -hmm. Autophagy is intracellular renewal. So like I mentioned earlier, essentially our cells will build up with waste products and you basically used intracellular kind of waste and organelles and proteins. And those proteins can kind of clog up cells mechanisms so that as we get older, if they're not cleaned out, our cells don't function as efficiently and we age, we age prematurely. So our body's way to clean that out is autophagy. And that basically is using those components and literally recycling them for energy. So when our body runs out of energy, it can then utilize those proteins inside the cells and you get two things out of it. You get energy out of it and you clean out the cells and they function more youthfully. Hmm. But to do that, once again, you have to stop eating for a period of time and you don't have to do it all the time. But what I recommend in my book, we've got a three week jumpstart and literally the first week is just cleaning up your diet, getting on the right skincare, getting on a few supplements and then weeks two and three, I recommend just two days a week. That's it. Where you stop eating at 8 p.m. and you don't eat the next day till noon. So you have a 16-hour window where mm -hmm. you fast and then you restart eating after that. Two days a week, that's, that can be very doable for people. Mm -hmm. You know, the problem with, let's say, and, and the argument people have against fasting is that if you're fasting every day, you're only having two meals a day, how are you going to get enough protein to support your muscles as well as for my 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 standpoint is collagen. Mm. And I think that's a very valid point. Once again, you know, I don't think you need to go on a five-day water fast. I think literally just doing these short fasts, even 12-hour fasts may be enough for some people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I do about 12 hours a night because I'll eat dinner around like five <laughs> or six. You get like the older <laughs> person's meal. I am like an elderly person. I go to bed at nine. Go to Sizzler at 4.30 and eat <laughs> yes. um, I did change my kind of the structure of how I, I eat and that I used to wait until like 10, 1030. Mm -hmm. And now I eat within 30 minutes to an hour of waking up, which I do have to say made such a big difference for oh, me good. just in terms of like my energy. And I feel like I was on a blood sugar roller coaster yeah. before. And I did some testing, which I talked about in my episode last week with my nutritionist where I was like high fasting glucose, but then I was kind of like hypoglycemic yeah. throughout the day. And so I was kind of going yeah, like this and just coaster. having that protein first thing in the morning, I feel like kind of alleviated like all of the negative things that I was feeling as a result of that. Exercising in the morning. Some yeah. people do much better with protein and there are other people, you know, who they do a little bit of carbs worth working out and that helps mm -hmm. them. I think really in the end, it is listening to your body yeah. and knowing what your body can do. I think that we see so many people who are so gung-ho about their specific diet. You're like, mm -hmm. oh, you know, you've got to do paleo. Oh, you got to be keto. You got, yeah. and really in the end, I mean, people cycle in and out of these types of things. And, and you know, what I eat now being a 51 year old <laughs> guy, I eat differently than I was, than I did 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And especially women as their hormones change and yes. things like that, you know, how, what works well for you today may not work well for you 10, 10 years from now. Mm -hmm. And so really it is knowing your body I think the problem that we have in our society is that there's so many people who are, you know, kind of eating the standard American diet. They're filling themselves with processed foods and they just have, have this chronic feeling of not good, mm -hmm. but they don't know that there's better. That's yeah. the thing. You know, it's like they chronically don't feel good, but because they've never really felt what it's like to eat a true, you know, whole foods, 
healthy diet to, you know, feel energetic and, and great because their body is so healthy, they don't know what they're missing out on. Mm -hmm. and, and so for my book, what I'm trying to do is, hey, you know what, let's take a week just to kind of clean things up and see how you feel. There may be times where you don't feel great that first week, but stick with it. By the end of those three weeks, you're going to feel fantastic. Mm -hmm. And probably look different too. <laughs> You know, it was imagine. fascinating because literally it's very simple. We put people where we changed their diet, where essentially we got rid of all the processed foods, the added sugars. Uh, we took out gluten and dairy as well. And then we kept them on that diet, except when they were intermittent fasting. We actually put them on a keto diet hmm. after they do the fast. So the idea is, is that there's certain foods that can promote autophagy even while you are eating them. So those are healthy fats and polyphenol rich foods. And so the idea then is people would break their fast. They do a 16 hour fast. They would break their fast, but when they break it, they would break it and keep on this kind of healthy keto type diet. Mm -hmm. And that would actually, the idea is it would promote autophagy, that intracellular renewal, but at the same time they're eating. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so That sounds fine. amazing. I'm like, yeah. sign me up for that one. <laughs> yeah. And so, and then what we found after three weeks and then putting them on a very simple skincare uh, routine, mm -hmm. after three weeks, people would come up to them and it's not like they had a facelift. Okay. Mm -hmm. they're, the before and afters are not like, oh my gosh, yes. it looks like they had a brow. No, <laughs> but people would come up to them. It's even stranger to come up to them and say, what are you doing with your skin? You've got great mm -hmm. skin. Mm -hmm. Or people, their friends would tell them that not knowing that they're going through this program. Mm -hmm. You guys know that I am diligent about my skincare. I truly believe that our skin is our canvas and it's not even a vanity thing as much as I just want to preserve my skin's absolute best health for as long as I can. So I am always on the hunt for products that not only provide visual improvements and are really effective, but that work on a deeper level to improve my skin health span. And I'm also a big believer in formulations that have been rigorously clinically tested, approved by dermatologists, and endorsed by experts. And that's how I found the Swiss cellular longevity brand Timeline. So Timeline just released a new skincare line that supports your skin health and longevity while giving you that youthful look full of life that we all want. So they have a secret weapon. It is called Mitopure. It's the first and only bioactive clinically proven to renew your cells energy supply to help your skin fight against both intrinsic and extrinsic aging factors. So in practice, that means it helps to reduce skin thinning and loss of elasticity because it supports the processes inside the skin cells that power up collagen assembly and formation in just 72 hours. I know that this is people's number one concern. It's thinning skin, it's crepey skin, and this really helps to target that. It's also clinically proven to protect skin against photo damage by reducing inflammation caused by UVBs by 15%. And it is clinically proven to dramatically reduce the appearance of wrinkles as early as two weeks of use. The cherry on top is it is non-irritating and it's super safe. So I have been using the night cream. I absolutely love it. I had to find something that was really hydrating because my skin for the last few months has just been so dry and I needed to add something to my lineup that was really going to be super hydrating. I found that my skin is just so plump. I have less noticeable fine lines and the night cream and the day cream contain a minimum of 84% natural ingredients. So there's no added fragrance or dye and they have great scores on safety rating apps such as Yuka. So I've seen a real difference in my skin and I know I'm investing in its health. If you want to try it for yourself, Timeline Nutrition is offering my community 10% off the Timeline Skin Health line at timelinenutrition.com slash blonde. That's T-I-M-E-L-I-N-E-N-U-T-R-I-T-I-O-N.com slash blonde and use the code blonde. I know with the new year coming up, we are all probably thinking about habits and routines, things that we want to leave behind in 2023 and things that we want to implement in 2024, but it can get a little bit overwhelming knowing where to start. And this is why I like to focus on foundational habits. And one of those foundational habits that I have been doing for years is starting my day with AG1. So I started taking AG1 
I believe back in 2018, sometime around then, when I was having gut issues, I actually had a call with the company and I learned that AG1 came to fruition because the founder was having really bad gut issues and was taking hundreds of supplements and nothing was really working. So the first iteration of AG1 was really for gut health. And then since then, they've continuously refined their formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. So not only does AG1 help with gut optimization, but it really supports your body's universal needs like stress management. It helps with immune support. And I know that you guys appreciate the science. So AG1 has a team of doctors and scientists. It is formulated based on the latest science and research and maintains high quality standards. In fact, it is tested for 950 contaminants. So you can feel good drinking AG1 and AG1 makes you feel good. I drink it first thing in the morning. I truly have come to crave it. Not only do I love the flavor and the taste, but I love how it makes me feel. I really get just this kind of zip of energy, even though there's no caffeine in it, and this feeling of clarity. And especially in the holiday season when we're probably kind of off of our normal routines, maybe going to events, parties, you can know that you are giving your body everything that it needs first thing or whenever you choose to drink it, and then you can go out and enjoy the holiday season. So if you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash blondefiles. That's drinkag1.com slash blondefiles. Check it out. When you look at bags of dog food, you probably see pictures of bright carrots and juicy steaks. But then when you open the bag, all you get are these burnt, smelly pellets. So dog food needs some fresh thinking. And that is where the farmer's dog comes in. It's real fresh healthy food with whole meat and veggies, gently cooked in human grade kitchens to preserve their nutritional value. So basically you just tell the farmer's dog about your dog and they will deliver personalized vet developed recipes for as little as $2 a day. Also, the meals arrive in pre-portioned, ready-to-serve packs, conveniently delivered on your schedule. They also give you text updates. The farmer's dog is great about letting you customize how often your dog receives new food and you get text alerts and everything along the way. So it's super helpful, which I really appreciate. I know exactly when Harvey's food is coming. You never have to worry about running out of food and it's just so convenient. Dog people all across the country have ordered millions of meals from the farmer's dog. It's really never been easier to invest in your dog's health with fresh food. So right now you can get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash blonde. Plus you will get free shipping. Just go to thefarmersdog.com slash blonde. I want to talk to you about your skincare routine in a minute because sure. 51, yeah. that's not, that doesn't track. It's not tracking for me. <laughs> your skin's amazing. I tell people online, they ask me, how old are you? I'm like 85. They I go, know, wow, I saw you look great for 85. <laughs> well, but like 24 and they're like, ooh, you yeah. look like crap. <laughs> <laughs> what are your secrets? SPF, um, I'm sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I practice in general what I preach. So mm -hmm. it's good skincare products. So, you know, for me, the you know, in the book, we give what I call the two minutes, five year skincare regimen. And it's mm -hmm. a very simple skincare routine. It takes two minutes a day. And we actually test it on people. And after two months of doing just the skincare routine, they start out with quote unquote average skin. They, not somebody like yourself. We've got beautiful skin. Mm -hmm. it's not well, you know, my routine, yes. about 29 yes. steps. <laughs> um, but people who haven't really taken great care of their skin could look upwards of five years younger after literally just two months. And yeah. so for me, it's cleansing in the morning. I use an antioxidant serum. Most days I do sunscreen, but not all days. Uh, a lot of mm. days I don't. If I'm going to be in the operating room all day and oh. stuff like that, don't tell my dermatology friends, <laughs> but yeah. And then in the evening, it's using either a retinol or I've actually gone more towards Bacuchiol now. Uh-huh. Yeah. I was reading about that in your book. Yeah. Just because I have had issues with retinol. I have had a history of rosacea. Mm. Interestingly, so for me, you know, I told you I went through normal practice 
and my residency training and stuff like that. And I started my cosmetic practice back in 2004. And at the time I did what most plastic surgeons do. I sold medical grade skincare products Mm -hmm. and we did really well with it. But the entire time I had the secret that I didn't tell my patients is that I could not use those products. (laughs) If I, you know, so my patients loved it. They made their skin look nice. But if I put that on my skin, my skin would break out in hives. I get rashes, I get itchy and I'd have to like wipe it off and be scratching my face. Mm -hmm. And so for years, I kept the secret to myself where I would usually use water, bar soap, and like the lightest moisturizer. And that was it. And then I started getting, you know, after that kind of tragedy happened, I started really looking into alternative medicine and stuff like that. And I started using natural skincare products that were made without the fragrances and all that stuff. And I was shocked I could use these products on my skin. Hmm. And it really got me into going into that direction of, okay, what happens if you remove all the unnecessary fragrances, the additives and the preservatives? Uh, and and now I'm able to do a full skincare routine mm-hmm. and my skin does fine with it. And it's effective, obviously. And it's worked well for me. Yeah. yeah. But also at the same time, I, you know, I grew up in Michigan where my parents, you know, I eat a lot of Korean food. Mm-hmm. And so what is it? It's all real food. It's rice, mm-hmm. it's Fermented. fish, it's kimchi, mm-hmm. you know, it's garlic, stuff like that. But at the same time, I grew up in a small town where everybody's eating meat and potatoes. Mm -hmm. And so it's this weird kind of dichotomy of these, of like the best of of diets and the Uh worst. And as I've gotten older, I keep trending more towards trying to make it as good as I can. Mm -hmm. You mentioned supplements. So you have a whole breakdown in your book. But if you can just tell us really quickly, like, what are some of the ingredients or the vitamins, minerals, things like that, that we should all be hitting? Yeah. So really what I look at is there are five supplements that I recommend pretty much everybody take. And they're very simple. You know, this isn't like NAD. These aren't like, Mm -hmm. oh, these kind of like controversial anti-aging, you know, so I recommend a multivitamin for everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, the one cause of aging of the skin I didn't mention earlier is nutrient depletion. And that's, Mm -hmm. that can help with that. The second thing after a multivitamin is an omega-3 fatty acid supplement. So fish oil, healthy fats. Number three would be a daily probiotic, ideally 3 billion colony forming units. Uh, we do know that there is a connection between the health of our gut and the health of our skin. And we're learning more and more about that connection. Dr. Whitney Bow, who's been on your mm-hmm. podcast, good friend of mine, she was Love one of the her. first docs to actually make that connection in mm. our literature. Wow. And yeah, so I think that's super important. So taking a good daily probiotic. And then I usually recommend an antioxidant supplement. There's a lot out there, you know, adding resveratrol with mm-hmm. curcumin, whatever you want, just a, a variety I think is good. And then the final one that is controversial, but I do believe in, is collagen. Yes. I didn't have it in my notes, but I did want to ask you about that. <laughs> yes. So I do recommend a daily collagen, mm. a scoop of coll- hydrolyzed collagen peptides, I think is very helpful. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that a little bit, because I think most people's main complaint is their skin. Mm-hmm. Their skin is sagging. It's getting creepy, like we were talking about before. The collagen is depleting over the years. They're losing that elasticity. and ingestible collagen is very uh, controversial because so many people say, well, the studies show it doesn't work, but you again have anecdotal um, oh, stories in your, that. okay. So yeah. yeah, tell us, tell us the science so, behind okay, it. So yeah, it, I, I have posted like on TikTok, my beliefs with collagen and mm-hmm. yeah, very interesting. There's a guy on TikTok and I know you're on the platform as I am. And I think I'm sure he's on reels and stuff as well. And he's a cardiologist with this big bushy beard. He's probably in his 60s and he speaks and he has some type of nutrition background too. And he mm-hmm. speaks very confidently about what he says. Like what he says is that that is true. <laughs> and so he made a, a video where he said collagen supplements do not work. There's no science to prove they work. And you know what? If you want to take collagen, save the money, go get some gelatin. That's the same thing. <laughs> and I saw this video. I'm like, oh, this guy doesn't know. And interestingly, this was a couple of years ago he posted this, maybe a year and a half ago, something like that. Just a few weeks ago, he posted a second video. Started off with the first video, collagen does not work, good gelatin. And then he literally swipes that video away and he goes, I was wrong. No way. <laughs> collagen supplements. I did, the, I did the research. I've looked at the literature. They do work. Wow. And I was floored, floored. So what does the research say? So the naysayers say collagen is a large protein. That mm-hmm. is true. In order for it to be digested, it has to be broken down into individual peptides and amino acids to get absorbed. And how do you know it's going to get into the skin? Well, first of all, collagen 
if you're going to get a collagen supplement, the vast majority of the really good ones are hydrolyzed collagen peptides. What that means is you take that large molecule, that, that large protein, and you break it down into individual amino acids, which are the individual proteins, and peptides, which are kind of a combination of amino acids. And it's done that way on purpose so that we can actually absorb it and digest it. Mm -hmm. And then there's studies, a lot of studies that have looked at it. There was a meta-analysis in 2021, and it was something like 12 or 1400 people where they took collagen for 90 days and found a statistically significant improvement in the hydration in their skin and the tightness and wrinkles of the skin. <laughs> there, are, there are actual studies that are performed and these are powerful studies because they are prospective, randomized, controlled clinical trials, like the mm -hmm. gold standard, where they put people on a collagen supplement for a couple of months, and then they've actually biopsied their skin afterwards hmm. and found a, an increase in the amount of collagen in their skin. Wow! So yes, I have. A, there's a lot of anecdotal stories. Uh -huh. I was visit, my mom lives in Orange County, so I come to the LA area. I always visit her, mm -hmm. and just a few weeks ago, I was visiting her, and I sent her like all my skincare products and my supplements, I just send it to her automatically because otherwise mm -hmm. she always asks me for it. <laughs> and the other day she was making breakfast and she goes, Tony, my hair's getting thicker. And she's, my wife, my mom is like, she's 78. And she goes, my hair's getting thicker. Do you think it's that collagen you keep sending me that I'm taking? <laughs> I'm like, I think so, mom. I haven't taken it in a long time for no other reason other than that I just kind of fell out of the habit yeah. of it. Yeah. But... When I was taking it consistently, I did notice that my hair and yeah. my nails like could not stop them from growing just so fast. Yeah. And, and I think that it's th those stories are things that I hear all the time. Mm -hmm. And myself, I take it, you know, the best ones are the ones, you know, that doesn't that they don't have any taste to it. Mm -hmm. It just dissolves into a hot drink. And mm -hmm. so I used to take it with like decaf because I try to stay away from caffeine. And then my dentist told me that Ask me, are you drinking coffee a lot? Because I think she's not standing oh. in my teeth. So now I actually, just, I just mix it with hot water uh -huh. and it just tastes like, tastes like hot water. Why do you stay away from coffee? Because you're a surgeon. You can't be jittery. Yeah. I just, for me, I don't, I try to avoid caffeine in general because I don't like, I don't like the addictive part of it. I found when I have gone like on vacation and drank coffee a lot that if I go off it, I get headaches. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I don't find that caffeine makes me too jittery occasionally, but mm -hmm. mainly it's just, I want to get off of the, I not be dependent know, on something. Yeah. Just a chemical that I don't really need. Mm -hmm. What do you think we get wrong about aging and anti-aging? So we're talking a lot about the things that we can do, but what do you think are things that are pretty universally done that are not really effective or as far can as be like detrimental? Treatments? Yeah. Treatments, lifestyle things. I mean, I think in my field, I think I'd look at two things I would bring up. I think the first thing is I think that there are too many plastic surgeons who are cut first. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, I think one thing that we haven't, I mean, we'll say it in our meetings, but one thing that we don't readily admit is the financial incentive that we have to promote these treatments. You know, that that's something, if if you look just, for example, at let's say breast implants, I know you mm -hmm. had a fantastic podcast with, with my, our, our uh, common friend, Dr. Mm -hmm. uh, Robert Cohen. Breast implants, if you look at the studies that are performed and, and printed in our literature, scientific literature in plastic surgery, the vast majority of these big studies are funded by implant companies. <laughs> and they're performed by plastic surgeons who are paid sometimes millions of dollars by these implant companies to be mm -hmm. spokespeople and, and to um, give talks and lectures on their products. Uh, and so... And this is a whole other subject, you know, and I know you've covered BI really well in that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, for me, when I looked at BII and, and I, just as one example, I was, I was taught the dogma that implants don't make people sick. Mm -hmm. And I believe that until I got to that point where I started questioning everything and I started going to BII websites put up by women who believe they have BII. And I started mm -hmm. looking at the articles that they posted. And I'm like, I haven't heard of this article. Why didn't somebody tell me about this? Because it was not in the plastic surgery literature. It was in the rheumatology literature. Wow. And it started opening my eyes when plastic is saying, there's no proof of this. There's, well, maybe in our, art, in our journals, but what about other journals? And so I think just in general, when you look at the field of plastic surgery and so much of it is money driven, mm -hmm. I think that there are a lot of uh, procedures that are being performed out there and that are being encouraged mm -hmm. that I question whether they're the best things to do for patients. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sounds like surgeons kind of put blinders on 
too. <laughs> well, and yeah, I mean, I was one of the early plastic surgeons to come out publicly and stating mm-hmm. that I believe BII is real. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of pushback. You know, I had colleagues that call me and say, look, you really should stop saying this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, why? You know, because people are upset with you. Mm-hmm. They don't like what you're saying. And honestly, I don't, I don't effing care. Mm-hmm. Like if this is what's best for my followers and for my patients, and I'm going to put it out there. And if mm-hmm. somebody doesn't like it, then that's not my problem. Mm-hmm. We were talking before we started recording about Botox as well. So Mm -hmm. could the same thing be said about Botox? Because we know that there are groups of people who say they've had these terrible systemic reactions as a result of it. I went down a rabbit hole (laughs) looking at iatrogenic botulism. I don't know the validity of the studies that I was reading. But I would imagine because that is such a profitable thing for not only surgeons, I mean, Anyone can do Botox these days. It seems like it's a little bit terrifying, you know, yeah. go to the hair salon and get Botox. Yeah. Dentist, yeah. yeah. But is there any kind of similarity there? Any truth to that as well? Or does the the yes. data yeah. just not back it up? I think it's a good question. I think that I look at it two different things. The first thing is there is, I do believe in bio-individuality. Mm-hmm. I think that we are all unique creatures made by God and that we, our bodies can react differently than somebody else's. And I think that's, one place where tra- traditional medicine has unfortunately failed. You know, mm-hmm. we have data with these huge studies with tens of thousands of people, but that, but because these people in general fit into, let's say, a certain realm of, let's say, lab test results that, oh, these are the general normal lab test results, you know, you, that may not, still may not apply to you. You know, mm-hmm. for you, let's say a high normal lab result that they consider quote unquote normal may actually not work for your body because of your own bio-individuality. So Mm -hmm. is it possible that you could get Botox and have a bad reaction to it that is just different from everybody else? Of course it is. Mm -hmm. You know, our bodies are all individual and and sometimes there are things that happen that you just cannot explain. Mm -hmm. That being said, I myself have gone down that rabbit hole too, having (laughs) had a colleague of mine who called me and saying, I had Botox and I'm having these weird neurologic issues and I don't know if it's the Botox or something else. You know, in my office, we've treated over probably 20,000 people with Botox. I've never seen anything that's, you know, serious. The most I've seen is a droopy eyelid, I think on two patients very temporarily. Mm-hmm. And I have actually asked a lot of my dermatology colleagues, ones that have been in practice even longer than me, nobody could corroborate that. I actually even asked Dr. Whitney Bowe, our, mm. our uh, common friend, and she's mm-hmm. like, no, nah, I haven't seen it either. So mm. I think that, you know, if anybody says, this is my experience, I think this may be happening to me. The answer is, you know what, you know your body best. Mm-hmm. And there's always a possibility that something unique is happening to you. However, at the same time, I don't know that there is a physiological explanation that we can say that that it does that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's kind of the same with BII. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, there are patients who have these symptoms and you take their implants out and they get better. And some doctors will say, well, they got better because it's psychosomatic. It's because, yeah. you know, in their mind they got better. And it's like, I don't think so. And and even the studies now we're looking at, you know, the studies are showing certain results, but how powerful are they? And and not everybody's going to fall into the realm of the study mm-hmm. results, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think with the BII thing, it's a little bit invalidating because I don't think anyone goes into getting implants going, I want to get sick and have all these no. <laughs> symptoms. No. So when somebody's hair is falling out, you know, and they have debilitating brain fog and vertigo and anxiety and all the things, I think there's over a hundred symptoms attributed to yeah. BII yeah. and then it goes away. It's hard to say that's psychosomatic. Well, when you're looking at studies showing about a 55 to 85% chance of your symptoms improving, if you wow. have the BII and you have your implants taken out, I mean, that's pretty darn powerful. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah. I think that for me, I believe BII is real, but I mm-hmm. cannot explain exactly why it happens. Uh, I do think that there are people who, you know, I've had patients of mine who've had rip roaring, like really severe autoimmune disease, and they've have had implants for a while. And those are the ones, unfortunately, the studies show they don't necessarily get better by taking implants out. Mm. The ones who get better are the ones who say, oh, I had implants put in three years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did great for a year. And then last two years, weird stuff is happening. My doctor can't figure it out. They often will get better. Mm-hmm. It's the other group that probably has true autoimmune disease that just is their body overreacting to itself that implants may or may not really impact that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the hard part is you just don't know. Like you can't yeah. really predict how well, you're going to react. And in the end, it comes down to one thing that, unfortunately, plastic surgeons and doctors sometimes fall out of is just listening to your patients Mm -hmm. and believing what they tell you. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a doctor in my area where I actually put implants in a patient about 15, 17 years ago. 
And then she was with her husband doing a consultation with another plastic surgeon in town. And she said, you know, I had these implants placed and I got these weird symptoms. What do you think is going on? And he goes, you need to see a psychiatrist. <laughs> That's what he said. I'm like, oh my gosh. But right. this, is the re- this is the attitude of some doctors out there. It's mm-hmm. horrifying. Something else I was going to ask you kind of along those lines were around lasers. Mm-hmm. So it seems like a lot of different doctors might be incentivized to promote certain lasers. So can that apply as well where somebody is getting paid by whatever Cyton, you know, and so that's why they push the certain laser to be like the panacea for everything. <laughs> so there's two ways to think about that. So lasers are really expensive. I mean, it can cost anywhere from a hundred to $200,000 to purchase a laser. So there mm-hmm. is a massive financial incentive to use those lasers on you. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, and so there are practices where they literally have one device and they recommend that device for everybody. That's what you have to be careful with. Uh, old friend of mine, I was in a band with him back in residency. His wife at the time, I think they're, they're divorced now, worked at a family practice office and they bought this laser and they just use that laser on everybody. And I'm like, that's probably not the best way to do it. At the same time, just like we talked with implants, you know, there are laser companies who pay certain doctors to perform studies for them. And these doctors are given the laser number one for free. Mm. And they have offices filled with these lasers and they are paid to perform studies on them. The thing with laser devices is that there's a difference between being FDA cleared and FDA approved. Ooh, okay. hot tip. FDA approved means that in general that the FDA has approved that device for the use that it's being used for. So just for example, like Botox is FDA approved. Like they went through a ton of studies for it. Mm -hmm. Devices, however, can be FDA cleared if they are similar to some other device already on the market and they show that it's technically safe to use. Hmm. Okay, so if you say, oh, I came out... You know, I created Dr. Yoon's uh, anti-aging, perfect anti-aging laser. And like, it's just (laughs) like this other Candela's laser. And and it's very safe. We show that people don't die, you know, or they don't get horrible burns from it. Mm -hmm. Then you may be able to get it cleared technically by the FDA, even though it may not actually work. Oh my gosh. And so that's kind of a secret that these device companies have is that they get them cleared, but they may not necessarily be quote unquote approved for the the treatment that you're looking to have done. Mm -hmm. So in the end, really what it comes down to is you doing your own research and making sure that that treatment truly is the best treatment for you. Mm -hmm. It's not a situation where every you all all, if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Mm -hmm. Um, But also it's not that situation where, hey, you know, there are doctors out there who are financially incentivized to do these studies on these lasers. Now, this happened back with laser liposuction. Mm -hmm. So back gosh, maybe 10 years ago, this is huge, where you stick this little probe under the skin and there, and they say, oh, it would heat up the skin from the inside out and causing the skin to tighten up. And all the laser companies came out with their laser lipo. The big one was smart lipo, but there's all these other ones. And there were doctors out there who would do these quote unquote studies and they would publish them. And you would see where they would put little dots of tattoos on the skin and show, oh, look how much that skin contracted. And it contracts like two millimeters or something like that. And they would say, look, it's successful. People were not injured by this device. And now it's a skin tightening device. Mm-hmm. It gets huge. And then about three, four years later, people figure out this doesn't work. And then they abandon it. Hmm. And the treatment that now that's really hot, thread lifts. Oh, I thought you were going to say, what's the other one? Uh, air sculpt. Um, <laughs> I don't know a lot about that. I think that's a real lipo type of a thing. Yeah. My friend who's a surgeon in Florida said it's Mickey Mouse lipo. <laughs> med spa lipo oh great he's like it doesn't really do anything anyway i'm not familiar with that i mean i've heard of it but i haven't looked into it Mm -hmm. so we can you want me to talk about the thread lift real quick yeah let's talk threads and then i want to talk specific lasers that are effective okay bookmark that okay uh so thread lifts were something when i started my practice back in 04 it got really popular and people Mm -hmm. are like wow you can take these threads which basically they're barbed sutures so you Mm -hmm. take a a suture essentially as like fishing line Mm -hmm. but you take a little knife and you put little cuts into the suture so when you run it underneath the skin it will actually grab onto tissue and so you know you could run these barbed sutures on the skin it would look like you're lifting the neck or the forehead or whatever and you're, people re- go, you're reawakening my trauma from when I got threads. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and people go, look, these <laughs> things are amazing because you could run this under. It's not surgery. It's mm-hmm. a minor operation, whatever. <laughs> and it's so amazing. And the problem with these threads is that at the time they were permanent and people would literally get a six to 12 month result from it. 
But years later, they'd have these permanent threads sticking out through their skin that they would come to see me and like, oh, we got to clip it off and stuff like that. So I never got on the thread bandwagon. And then what happened is after a few years, people realized this doesn't work. And so they abandoned it. And then what happens is a decade goes by, a new generation of doctors come around and these companies say, oh, I've got this new thing called threads, barb sutures. They go, really? What's that? Well, we put these little holes in it and then we run out of skin and look at how amazing this is. And, and they the show the video of like pulling it yeah. up before they... <laughs> yeah, like look at how incredible. Yeah. It's so powerful. It lifts everything. Yeah. And the doctor's like, I've never seen anything like that. This is revolutionary. <laughs> Let's sell this. And then they sell it for three, four, five grand. And then six months later, the results are gone. And well, they made their money. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, there are these treatments that literally are fad treatments where people have it done. And you know, it's not the fault of the patient. They don't know is that the doctors don't do their research and say, wow, a decade ago, we figured out that these don't work. That's why we stopped doing them. And next thing you know, it's it's kind of this revolving type of a door. Mm-hmm. But also with social media, something that I saw with threads a lot was, you know, practitioners, whether they were doctors or med spa type places, attributing certain celebrities looks yeah. to threads. I yeah. mean, the Bella Hadid cat eyes was probably the biggest thing. And who knows what she really did? We don't know, allegedly. <laughs> but, you know. To your point, they don't last very long. There's a lot of complications associated with them. And having had them done myself when mm-hmm. I was younger and more naive, <laughs> it is so traumatic or it was it? so traumatic yeah. for me. It was awful, awful and not cost effective at all, because if you're paying three, four, five grand and you're doing it, especially in your temples, which I've never seen it look good. And then it goes away in a couple months and then you're doing it again. That's a brow lift. Yeah. I mean, I think the way... I, I don't, and some people say, you know, it's got a high risk of complication. I mean, anything you do will have complications. I do mm-hmm. facelifts. You get complications. I think mm-hmm. really what it comes down to is be honest with your patient. Say, mm-hmm. hey, you know what? These thread lifts, they cost $6,000 in six months. You're not going to have any results. Are you still okay with that? And if you're okay with it, then, hey, go ahead. And maybe there, and there are celebrities out there where, hey, dropping five grand to get a six or 12 month result is not a big deal for them, then that's fine. But I think it really is just being honest with your patients mm-hmm. and, and telling them that. And I think that's what irks me, you know, is that I don't tell my patients, oh, thread, oh, look at all these horrible complications and stuff like that. And yes, you can get them. Mm-hmm. I just tell them like, it's really expensive. It lasts six to 12 months. Are you sure you want to spend that money? Mm-hmm. That's the big thing. Mm-hmm. I remember I had a friend of mine, Dr. Mascaro on the podcast and we were talking about maybe Morpheus, Mm -hmm. he said, you know, a lot of these lasers can produce like a three to 5% improvement. Mm -hmm. And the practitioners aren't telling the patients that because they're kind of sold as this panacea facelift in a laser kind of thing. And he was saying, I just remember this clip specifically. He was like, if you're okay paying X amount, thousands of dollars, then great, like go for it. But there is kind of just this dishonesty around it and around expectations and, you know, results. I think that that's the important thing. Mm -hmm. And the problem that we have when you're looking at lasers and devices like that is that everybody, everybody's body reacts differently. Mm -hmm. And that's, therein is the challenge of it. You know, one reason why I like surgery and I still perform surgery a couple of days a week is that I know what I can get with it. Whereas when you do these devices, it really comes down to your body's reaction to those devices that will get you the result. And there's some people where, you know, you can do, let's say a Morpheus 8 treatment on them and they get a really nice tightening. Mm -hmm. And then you do it on the next person and they don't see much from it. Mm -hmm. And therein really is a difficulty when you're dealing with technology and technology that requires your body to react in a certain way, the collagen in your skin to essentially tighten up. Mm -hmm. And collagen is, as much as I love talking about collagen, it's not the most predictable of things in our body. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did profound and I had a, the opposite reaction of what I was supposed to have. Like yeah, my, I know. had so much laxity in my really? skin. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, probably because I did two rounds hmm. a couple years apart. But yeah, I mean, it was like it melted <laughs> my skin. Yeah, there was a device that, and I'm not going to say what it was, but it's a radio frequency device. And it was a really hot one about 15 years ago. Althera? And no, actually, oh. uh, therapy is ultrasound. Oh, that's oh, so right. So this is radio yeah, frequency. Yeah, yeah. And 
I wrote actually a letter in our white journal about it saying that I saw fat loss with it. And the company actually sent me a cease and desist letter basically saying, don't comment on our product, you know, and, but this was a scientific letter. I showed a picture of my patient where they had fat loss because it was the rate of frequency energy was going too deep and it was mm. literally melting her fat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then they attacked me. <laughs> Sounds like there's a lot of gaslighting in the medical community. Maybe it's just to me. <laughs> <laughs> You're being silenced. <laughs> Maybe they're just, they don't, they don't want me to say anything. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So I had people send in questions. Maybe yeah, we can sure. do like a quick round of, I don't know, rapid fire. Yeah, of course. Thoughts on face taping. Um, so face taping is something the way I, so Taping your face will not smooth your wrinkles. However, mm -hmm. the one thing that it may do is it may help to train you not to create those lines as much. Mm -hmm. And that's how I usually describe it. There actually was a story way back when, I don't even know if it's true, that Elvis Presley supposedly forbid Priscilla to lift her eyebrows up so she didn't get wrinkles of her forehead. As <laughs> horrible of a thing to do to somebody as that is, there is actually truth that if you don't create those wrinkles and they mm -hmm. shouldn't come around. That's why face yoga doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And that's why I think I love Jim Carrey, but I don't have high hopes for him having a smooth, wrinkle-free face as he gets older. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I get so many comments on TikTok and Instagram about how my face is frozen and I can't emote. And I'm like, no, I just have never been yeah. a very emotive person. And you're sitting across from me. I mean, I have yeah, you can some move. movement. I um, get the same thing too. I get people like, your face is so frozen. And yeah. I'm like, I literally get Botox just right here. And it's not a lot. Mm -hmm. And I go, oh, his, his face is filled with all this filler. Like I've never had filler. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> he's Botoxed up to the extent. I had one person <laughs> said that he looks like a old Taiwanese transvestite. <laughs> I'm like, what? Where is this coming from? I get but, Uncanny Valley all the time. Uncanny? What's Uncanny Valley? Uncanny Valley are like, if you Google them, they're kind of these like robotic looking people with like dead oh, eyes. Okay. And I'm like, I'm doing my skincare routine. Do you want me to be like making all these faces? It just uh, people, people just have to be more kind. And yeah, I oh. think that these types of comments, honestly, though, like I, so I've got kids who are in high school and mm -hmm. I purposely don't put them on my social media because mm -hmm. I know like when I was in high school, if I ever had somebody, you know, if I read something where somebody said, you're ugly or you've got a five head or mm -hmm. you know, something like that, or you got a gummy smile, it would like crush me. Yeah. But now I get so many of these kind of <laughs> troll hater comments of like, oh, he looks like he's, you know, old woman trying to look young, all this <laughs> stuff. Like, and I'm a guy. Yeah. Um, I show those to my kids and I laugh about it because I think that this makes you stronger and mm -hmm. it makes you more resilient. And mm -hmm. so for me, I, I actually enjoy reading that stuff mm -hmm. because it's a way to show my kids that, look, look at what they're saying about your dad and your dad is perfectly fine. Mm. And like, I have no, like my confidence is fine, even though they're saying that mm -hmm. stuff about me. Um, and so I think there's lessons there. And it's, I mean, the haters in some ways make you stronger. In some ways, mm -hmm. they're actually, I think, a good thing yes. to have them. They add fuel to my fire. There I will just go. put it that way. I'm like, really? Really? Okay. I'm going to yeah. keep going. You think you're going to like, make me, you know, stop posting videos like that. It's fuel for me. But I always feel like there are those days where you're having a down day and somebody is like, what the yeah. fuck is wrong with your face? You know, and it's, yeah. it can really. And I just think about I am in my late 30s. I have a support system. I'm yeah. in therapy. I'm strong. You know, like I I can deal with it. But I think about people who don't have any of that, who yeah. are on the receiving end. And I'm like, God, like you just never know like where, what mood and what circumstances yeah. in somebody's life you're going to get them at and like what that could do to them. There was a video that was, that went viral and it was, you may have seen it. It was basically a wedding dress company that had, where they were exhibiting the wedding dresses with women of all different sizes. So it started like XXL and then X, I'm sorry, XS, extra, extra small. And then went all the way up to like triple XL. And I watched this video and I did a duet of it. So I reacted to it basically saying, I think this is great. And I feel that there's beauty in all of us. There's beauty in everybody. And you could see these women who are, you know, the triple XL, but with a smile on their face, feeling confident and feeling good. And it made me feel great. And so I shared this and oh my gosh, the hate was insane. So people saying, you know, what type of doctor are you? You know, these people are obese and you need to tell them that they need to be healthy. This is not healthy. I even had a plastic surgeon comment stating that, the uh, overweight woman is toxic to the male eye. Like, it's just like God. crazy stuff. And like, you know, women who are overweight, you know, should be shamed and put this. And this is an actual doctor. Wow. 
So what I ended up doing is I took these comments and <laughs> I kind of trolled them back. But really what it comes down to for me is that, yes, there are, you know, there are people who are, let's say, morbidly obese. They're really overweight. They don't need me as some internet doctor to say you should lose weight. Like they know that. Mm -hmm. They know that that, you know, that that added weight like that can cause health problems. However, I think what they don't necessarily know is that they have beauty too. Mm -hmm. And everybody deserves to feel that way. Uh, and and for me, I think that's one of the big things I try to put out there in, in my messaging is that, you know, no matter what size you are, no matter how your skin looks, there's beauty inside of you. And yes, I can help, you know, with, with making changes to your health. You can even improve that. You can enhance that. You can bring it out. But no matter what, there's beauty there too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think that's something that's really missing on social media. And mm-hmm. it's unfortunate because so much easier to tear somebody down than it is to try to prop them up. Yes, absolutely. And I think <laughs> so cheesy, but like being nice to one another is the most attractive thing. Like if you're trolling somebody talking shit on the on the Internet, like that does not make you seem cooler or more attractive. Like I always say, it's better to be the person being trolled than to be the troll, because you, just imagine. You how... know, the person leaving those comments are like sitting in the basement of their yeah. parents' house. Yes. like, just, like Sometimes stuff. I want to clap back so hard and I'm like, Ugh, and I write this whole thing and I'm like, this is going to get them. And then I click on their picture and I'm like, Oh, <laughs> no, <laughs> like, oh no, I'm not going to bring them down. <laughs> not because of yeah. how they look, but I'm just like, oh, usually no, they're not struggling with time. something inside themselves. Always. And, yes. and you're just kind of a convenient vessel to try to unload on. And yes. It's, it's sad. Yeah. It's I mean, I, I talk about this a lot, not a lot, but I have talked about it in solo episodes. And yeah, I mean, I've never been, thank God, in a place in my life where I felt the need to say something mean to a stranger on the internet. So I can't imagine. Yeah how somebody has to feel to exactly feel good doing that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> well, I could keep going. Thank you so much this for coming on. This was so fun. Yeah, and tell everybody where they can find you. You have just the best content, oh, entertaining, light, informative, all the things. Thank you. Well, um, so yeah, I'm on all the different social media platforms, Dr. Yoon. And then my book website is autojuvenation.com. And for people who order the book, we do have actually a bunch of free gifts, like a recipe book and a discount uh, code for an online store and all this stuff. So Mm -hmm. um, a lot of free gifts if you take a peek at the book. Yes. And like I said, it's going to be your Bible, your handbook. I posted like an excerpt of it today in my stories, and I must have gotten like 100 DMs already saying, what book is this? Because it was on a page about eating to build collagen, I think. So everything that you guys want to know is in that book. And thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed that episode. And if you liked it, and if you like the show in general, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe. It goes a long way, and it's actually the best way to support the show. Also, if you want to see more about each episode, you can head over to the Blonde Files podcast on Instagram. You can go to ariellaurie.com. And I'm always posting about each episode over on my personal page at ariellaurie. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.